You're listening to Every Last Drop Podcast. Join me, Danny, Nick, and sometimes Luke as we explore the relationship between philosophy and art. If you enjoyed today's show and want to contribute to what we're doing, visit everylastdroppodcast.com slash contribute. We greatly appreciate your support. Enjoy the show. Hey there, Nick. What's going on, buddy? Oh, not much. How are you doing? I'm good, man. So, uh, me and Nick are just sitting here together. Uh, again, Luke unable to join us, uh, but that's okay because the interview coming up here is an interview that me and Nick did by ourselves because Luke was unable to be there for that particular evening, which is uh, fine. I think it still turned out okay. Um, so our guest on this episode is Andrew Jones. Andrew is a high school English teacher. He is a writer, uh, a poet, um, an avid reader, um, a podcaster as well. A podcaster. You can add that, uh, title to, to his name or behind his name now. He is, uh, a creative, you know, um, in the in the true sense of the word he's a he's a creative and a storyteller and uh also just a really smart and insightful guy absolutely yeah yeah, he's just fun to listen to really you could just listen to him talk and glean a lot from what he says so uh the interview did run a little bit long um which isn't a bad thing uh because it's a really fascinating interview didn't you think nick i did yeah i everything he had to say was i could kind of look back on my my artistic side and kind of relate to a few things he said most things he said but in a different way and it was kind of cool to see his take on things you know yeah yeah interestingly enough uh since the interview was recorded i've actually uh taken him up on a few of his recommendations uh in terms of podcasts and also a book he recommended uh it's just there's a lot of good stuff in there you're gonna want to listen to it probably more than once because um, I don't think you can get it all on the first listen. Have a pen and paper when you. Uh, when yeah, you listen yeah. To these, have right? a pen and paper ready. So, like I said, uh, right, right, and podcasts and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it ran a little bit long, so we're just gonna dive right into it without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Jones. All right. So, every last drop podcast, guys. We're joined here in studio with our good friend Andrew Jones. And Hi, Andrew. So, how yeah. are you? Co- Nick, good to see you. Co-producing Handshake. with uh, my host here, Nick. So I'm Danny, and unfortunately, our third co-host, Luke, had a prior commitment, so he wasn't able to make it. Oh man! So it'll just be us two working with Andrew. So Andrew, welcome to the program. Hey, welcome. To the good show. to be here. Yeah, it's good. This to have awesome. You. So Andrew, we just wanted to touch a little bit about touch on a little uh, some of the things you've been up to lately, and sure. uh, in the creative endeavors world, and some of those artistic things you've been up to and because cool. uh, i know you've been pretty busy and working yep. on some new projects and, doing my best to stay busy if yeah. i stay busy i stay out of trouble that's what's important right right Keep an, me off the an streets. idle mind is the uh, devil's <laughs> workshop as they say yeah right? exactly my wife just tries to keep me occupied so that i'm not uh making a ruckus <laughs> exactly 
So, so what's the most recent thing that you've been working yeah. with and working on? And so we'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. So my most uh, recent thing uh, is a is a podcast, actually. Oh, I, ironically, how about that? I know, right? Um, so fun and and cool to be here, being involved in podcasts. I love uh, yeah because podcasts are awesome. Let's talk They're about fun. that. Yes, yeah. if uh, I, I feel like I I gotta plug my I gotta plug my podcast to start off. But if Go you ahead. let me if you let me start, I would just like endlessly plug podcasts here. So uh, I'm I'm a big <laughs> I'm a, podcast. I'm, a, I'm fan. an avid podcast person. I have at any given time ten plus podcasts. Really, in my, yeah, in sweet in my podcast. App. If uh, I'll, I'll I'll give you three. You have to listen to Invisibilia. You have to listen to a jacked up podcast called This Is Actually Happening, which very few people know about, but you can find it on SoundCloud. It's ridiculous. Um, just listen to it and like prepare to be amazed and grossed out. Hmm. Um, Simultaneously. Right? And then Reply All. You have to listen to Reply All, which uh. is um, a production of Gimlet Media, which started out with uh, Startup, which was a cool podcast. So I plugged four podcasts. There, there. you go. There's, uh, there's no shortage of them, right? Yeah, no. Listen I keep to going. all of them yeah. tonight, yeah. right? Yeah, listen to all of them tonight. You will, you will not have enough time. Podcast binge, yeah. So my podcast, uh, which I shouldn't call my podcast because it's uh, I'm just co-producer a guy uh, with a with a friend of mine, new friend of mine named Kale Wilk, graduate of uh, Indiana University, and I produce it I for you can call it yours in a way. Yeah, it well, some it's, it's what I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm a freelancer for the Times, technically. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's my work that I'm, you know, giving to them, I suppose. Um, so I enjoy. But Kale's, Kale is, is an awesome co-producer with me. Um, but it's called Byline. It's mm-hmm. called NWI Byline. If you search it on uh, iTunes and we're on SoundCloud, we're on the web. And it is a podcast for the Northwest Indiana Times and sort of the, the theme or the flavor of the podcast, we were just talking about that before we went on air, is this idea of what, what in the heck do reporters do? Um, and so the podcast features a new reporter every week and a story that is going to come out by that reporter in the Northwest Indiana Times on in the Sunday issue. Um and it could be anything from like something dramatic that's happening in crime, or or like today we did one on uh, on um, on uh, housing development in mm. uh, Northwest Indiana, right? Um, and who knows what subjects we'll see in the future? But it's a fantastic model because we get to talk to the reporters, hear their side of the story, read the story that they wrote, and basically create um, an audio sort of drama out of it um, yeah. in which the reporter plays a character themselves, of course. And I think what we're trying to do with this podcast is that we're telling the story of a newspaper, which like to me, that's interesting because I don't like how do newspapers work? Can you tell me? Like, I, I don't, I didn't know when I walked in and I don't, I feel like this is something that very few people know and that, I wish a lot more people did. So I want to like get in depth and tell the stories of how the newspaper works while at the same time telling the stories that they report, which are fascinating. Yeah, yeah you know? it seems like a lot of times the that the a newspaper article that you read, it's it's hard to take it as something other than just these are some words on yeah. a page. Oh, like, yeah. And so the podcast is a way to take a story that would be normally in print and personify it right. more. And yeah, make it three-dimensional. It a, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, more depth. And, you know, to be philosophical, since this is a podcast about uh, art and philosophy, I have to yeah. say, um, 
you know, I think we live in an age um, where it would it would be tempting to say that like writing is going out of style. You know, like mm-hmm. nobody reads anymore. Is or if people it, do read, their attention span for it has right shortened yeah. significantly. Yeah, and so like when I when I think about this, you know, podcast that that we're working on, I, th- I think I started to think of it as like, well, it's a replacement for actually reading the story itself. So, you know, are we there because people have short attention spans? And, you know, that made me think about, you know, many other newspapers who have, you know, supplemental podcasts or supplemental YouTube, uh, you know, channels. Um, and I think, you know, when it comes down to it, reading is is reading. And I think I'm not willing to say that writing has gone out of style, but I also am not willing to say that people are making an excuse to use audio and visual as a way to get stories into their head. You know, I'll mm-hmm. take anything. Mm-hmm. I'll take podcasts. I'll take I'll take YouTube. I'll take, you know, the physical paper itself. Um, if you force me, I'll take TV, but that's probably one of the yeah. mediums that I'm most against mm. for whatever reason. But I think um, I, I think that a podcast is encouraging people to explore more in in depth in a subject, not guiding them away from actually reading about something. Um, and we're in the middle of a you know we're in the middle of a time where the ways that we get stories across to people is changing yeah. dramatically and just digesting information in general yeah, yeah. E- exactly um so we we have to be aware of that and that's why i'm so excited to be doing this new project quite honestly because i think we're like just fresh in to a, a new medium and i love like I, I love radio like mm. i've been listening to radio stuff ever since i was a kid um mm. you know a podcast I, is on-demand radio, right? Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. But like, I grew up listening to Saturday morning, yeah, radio, and like just and and looking forward to it. Yeah, and like Adventures in Odyssey, and like yeah. really, obs- yeah. you remember yeah. Adventures oh, in Odyssey, yeah. right? Good idea. Uh, and like really, um, and I can't even name all the stuff that I used to listen to as a kid. But like really well-produced kids kids shows back in the days, yeah. right? Um, and like your story hour and, um, history dramatizations and focus on the family's radio theater. And like, that was my thing. Cause I don't think I was allowed to watch like movies and TV as a kid. So sure. that was what I went to instead. Yeah. You never it's had funny cable. So you always find an alternative. Yeah. So well, I found that yeah. alternative and now like, you know, here I am 27 and I'm happy that that was the alternative that I found. Yeah. I was reading uh, a Marilyn Robinson book the other day called Gilead, and uh, there's a character in it who gets a TV for the first time. He's kind of like an old soul pastor on the verge of death, and he gets a TV for the first time, and he's watching a baseball game, and he says he doesn't like watching the baseball game as much as he likes listening to Mm. it because he felt like listening to it was more real than watching it hmm. which i thought was so interesting so it's like listening for him is more immersive because his imagination is more uh, yeah more powerful than yeah. yeah well that's the it idea works. behind like yeah. radio and sound is like you build like you build the world in your head yes mm-hmm. yes you don't let something else to do it for the you visual and again, stuff is constructed by you right and you're being fed the source material right, to build exactly. it with yeah. which is not to say anything yeah. against film because I love film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a huge, huge a good fan film of it. Is awesome. yeah. I yeah. just think that film sometimes 
controls the way that you're supposed to th- that it that it wants you to think about the world rather yeah. than well yeah it's 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 yeah. been pre-digested by the by the time it gets to you it's yeah. been heavily vetted by a right. a long Multiple st- string of yeah. of the people who wrote it and, and the screenplay writers and the producers right. to present you with a particular yeah yeah, there's yeah, less yeah. things Products for your imagination to yeah. have to. It has to work exactly less, you know. Right. Well, that's why reading yeah. is probably the place where, you, like, people. That's why reading is so good for you mm-hmm. because you have to build everything. It exercises. Yes. Yeah, your you brain. have to build absolutely everything, which yeah. is why I I love reading. I love you know yeah. literature. But do you like you, audiobooks? Just a side. I question. do. I do yeah. love audiobooks. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm a big yeah. fan of audiobooks. Um, do you I, think the same is true with an audiobook as when you're reading on the page? Um, or do you I think do. your mind I works do, a little harder? I think that an audio book is is not a bad thing at all. I don't. I think, so you think there's some equivalency. You're allowed mm-hmm. to drift off in an audio book, and that's the only bad thing about yeah. it. Yeah, um, you can't drift off from a book. Yeah, that's true because it's a little. <laughs> reading can be a passive experience. <laughs> yep, there have been Nick's times. like smiling at me like there's times. Yeah, when. there have been times where I, I read a page and then I'd be halfway what through. What did and I'm like, I read? What? Yeah, I, hear I, all the time I remember my eyes going across those words, but I don't remember what happened. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, audiobook is like even more passive than. <laughs> but I listen, the book, yeah. But I listen to audiobooks all the time because I, you know, when I get, I, you know, um, Stephen King has a fantastic book on, uh, about writing called On Writing, um, <laughs> Very which is one title. of the best books Imagine on writing it. ever. Um, and he says you need to stop listening to music in the car if you want to become a writer. Hmm. And I was like, what? And he's like, no. go to the library, get some CDs, pop them in, and every time you pop in the car, be listening to a book, be listening to a book, be listening to a book. So I uh, I still like music. I don't I don't take his advice 100 percent right. of the time, but I try to walk around with an audio book yeah. on my phone as often as I can. Um, mm-hmm. So um, it seems like that's a good message for if you're trying to be a writer. Yeah, listen to books all the time. If you're trying to be a musician or a songwriter, right? Uh, have a diet of lots of music. Yeah. If you're trying to be a podcaster, yeah. consume a lot of Feed different. Feed yourself. Podcasts. Don't like as an artist. Yes. One thing I've learned is artists want to make art on a starvation diet, you know, because they they're wanna, so desperate to like, be original. Yeah, they right. Yeah. They're like, I don't want to listen to any music because I want to create my own thing. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, even Aristotle said mimesis is one of the most important parts of creation. I'm, I'm blanking on my philosophers here. I believe it was Aristotle who wrote the poetics. Uh, and... Uh, I will, I will be very ashamed if I look it up afterwards and it's not <laughs> Aristotle who wrote the the poetics. I, yeah, it's got to be Aristotle. Said that uh, imitation um, is hmm. the 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 core of how we create things. I'm pretty sure you're right. It's Aristotle because yeah, it's, it's he Aristotle. talked about imitation. It's Aristotle because um, yeah. he was uh, Plato's. That's correct. He was yeah. Plato. He was and Plato's. Then, uh, my, and Socrates, then Socrates, I think, was the, uh, the forerunner. Okay, we we better think, get off I, this train yeah. before. <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think that uh, I think that might be how it worked. I yeah. believe that Plato was Socrates' student, but not hundred percent sure. Mm-hmm. I think. But so, anyway, yeah. Aristotle says that you know copying uh, is a is one of like how we create things, mm-hmm. or it's 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 who we are was what he was suggesting in poetics. Mm-hmm. Um, but and we don't need to be ashamed of that. No, yeah. not at all. Yeah. Like art, like it's great art to, comes from yeah. great imitate, like great imitation. Like mm-hmm. you know, nobody knows this, but Coldplay, you know, has only become a god in 
the industry because they did the exact same thing that you uh, two did. You know, Coldplay is basically just childish U2. That may be my bias coming through, <laughs> I, just I, so you know. I like both bands. I yeah. love U2. But I feel like the yeah. edge like changed guitar, like the way that people mm-hmm. play the guitar. He was, a very, he was an innovator you know I mean? with guitar playing. So, um, so I, I'm, out of my, I'm out of my depth there when I speak about music, but just to use that as an example is like yeah. imitation, you know, is... is very significant there. And I've been guilty of that mentality a lot, like being afraid to sound yeah. too much like yeah. another song. Oh, does it right. sound too much like yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. even with my my podcast, you know, the first yeah. episode came out yesterday and I had an homage. And I don't uh, know if very many people will, will catch this, but the first thing you'll hear on the podcast is a call into the prison. And so the, the prison picks up, it's a voice thing, and the lady's like, just so you know, this is a call to a federal prison, you're receiving a call from such and such. Um, and that is a signature podcast sound now because of the very pa- uh, famous podcast Serial, oh, which okay. kind of yeah. like revolutionized the industry. And um, that was the her starting sound. Um, you know, this is a call from Adnan Syed right. from the Baltimore Correctional Facility. Um, and so... I was like, I have to do that uh, just to kind of like, sm- you know, sneak in this small hint. And it was actually a good thing, too, because it, the first thing that somebody listens to, if it's like, this is a call from a prison, you're like, oh, I'm going to listen to that. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a device that jogs their memory. Yeah, yeah. right. Precisely. Yeah. It's a device that jogs their memory. And I think it's a hook, too. Yeah. Um, so, I, I sure. you know, even in my podcast creation, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I just copy off the people that I... I just coffee up the people that I like the most, and if in some day someday I end up creating my own yeah. thing, then that's fine. I think it, and this is just my opinion, but I think it's important to make a distinction between imitation does not mean I carbon copy this. It yes. means no. it means you're taking the base elements that make something else what it is, yeah. and copying those. Right. But, but for instance, you know, like Coldplay has copied U two or imitated it, yeah. But they, but not to the point of like. Oh well, here's a note for note. This and right. we just changed two little things. Yeah, it's the it's sound. Like, it's the sound yeah. exactly. It's, it's the sound. Like, yeah, almost like painting something is like copying a photograph, but it's not exact. It's your right. interpretation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we talked a lot about that. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about that in English classes. We talk about it's still being filtered through yeah. through you. You yeah. know, so talk- there's that originality is always yeah. there. We yeah. talk about imitation and we talk about like the quality of art. And I say to kids, you know, like if you take a, you know, if you take a picture, is that picture a lie? Hmm. Because it's not telling the full truth of what exists yeah. out there. It's you know, or if you, the camera. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or if you paint it, a painting, is it a lie? Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a, something that I came across on the internet the other day. It was a, a, a painting that somebody had done where a girl was, um, uh, skyping her parents um, in college and there was a uh, sort of a beam of light coming out of the screen of the computer and projecting itself on the wall and inside that beam of light you know everything was very neat and orderly and um, very sweet like you'd imagine a, mm. a, a, col- a girl's college dorm room to be and then outside of the beam of light there was you know sort of a darkness and the room was just trashed <laughs> you know and there was you know pizza boxes laying over and <laughs> underwear and the chandeliers and like you know you know obscure rock band posters falling off the door and you know mm-hmm. like a dog in the bed and and I thought that was such a fascinating representation of like uh you know the way we do art sometimes is like we we show a small section of that mm-hmm. and then there's all this stuff outside that we don't know but that's all we can do you know yeah mm-hmm. well this is social media too 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's you know? it's a good point. So we yeah. so in art like we we give somebody you know we give somebody a representation of a situation or of an mm. ima- image or an idea um and and they then have to look at that idea through our eyes but the <clears throat> but then the problem comes is is that there's reality outside the borders if you will of that art that we create so i think that some some of the best type of art is is art that tries to be as realistic as possible mm-hmm. which is why i love the documentary um mm. I watched that genre of film. Yeah, mm. I watched uh, f- for the first time. I'd meant to watch it all my all my life, but for the first time last night, I watched the Blair Witch Project. Hmm. Um, and I, I knew this would happen, but when I got through with it, I was like, "This is my favorite. This is like my favorite horror movie easily," hmm. um, because the realism that was that they achieved in there was so much better than any big budget movie mm-hmm. horror movie that i've seen with a few exceptions yeah just the pure unadulterated we're going to give you everything and how they achieve that while still making a fictional film mm. was absolutely remarkable but they did so with all with nothing like there was nothing it was the bare bones of of something and it was really brilliant you know i understand nice. it deserves to be as famous at famous as it is because it's so boiled down but just a great piece of art i thought i've been um, wanting to watch that film yeah, you should watch it watch I'm, it i'm sold on it now after yeah no watch now. it because yeah. is it watch available it. on netflix or? i have no idea yeah. <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> i'm sure you can watch it, it and turn off all the lights and just it. focus on the movie it'll freak you out yeah um yeah. and what's great about it is that a lot of the movie is in the is in the dark mm-hmm. and so you don't see anything so it relies on sound which i mm. thought was pretty pretty interesting mm. as well in fact you can probably turn the movie off and listen to it and get just as much uh of a uh, of a powerful reaction in yourself than if you had watched it hmm. that's how good it is um sometimes now. sounds can make your it. skin crawl more oh than visuals, yeah you this, know? and yeah. the the sound in this movie is probably it's the sound in this movie is the only scary thing about it actually hmm. um there are no like you know, creepy, you know, leering, you know, fanged faces in the background. Mm. Um, it's just story. It's just story and it's sound and that's all it needs. And uh, for that reason, it's it's absolutely brilliant. Um, something else I was, I was going to mention, another band I was thinking of is a, is a band called Tame Impala. And, I've heard uh, of them. Yeah, they're pretty popular nowadays. Yeah, nowadays Everybody's using them for the opening of their, their movie or the, um, the credits. But they're, they're kind of bizarre. Um, they're a band out of Australia, and um, they've kind of created, I think, a, a new type of music. <clears throat> I don't know what it is, and he has been asked a lot of times, the lead of that band, the guy who writes their music, says that he, he's he's not all about defining what it is either. It's very fluid, it's very flexible, it's very new, fresh, changing. But what he's, people are like, what are you listening to, to nowadays? And, you know, he's, you know, quite the indie artist with his grown out hair and his very calm, silent demeanor. And he's like, I love pop music. And like, not the answer you were, you, not would, the answer you would expect. You were expecting. So you're like, I love pop music. I've been listening. I've been really getting into pop music. And that was such a revelatory moment for me because it's like, ah, like you are like, you're a scientist, like you're, and, and then you go back and listen to his music and you're like, Oh my goodness. Like he took the elements out of, he took these elements out of pop and like both, made an homage to them 
and made a mockery of them at the same time and blended them in a very meaningful way. Even the lyrics themselves, just like, we're breaking up and I hate you type things, but like incredibly uh, nuanced and poignant in the way that he delivers them. And he's inspired by that's you tough know, to Katie Perry, you know, and but but he took a but he I mean, he's brilliant. I don't understand how he could even have done this, but he took something that we're all like cliche and he's like, ah, but wait, if you pull it down into its elements and use some of those elements, right. I can give you something entirely different. Um, so for, for me as an artist, I try to find value in as many things as I can and try not to shut things out. I struggle with that. Yeah. Um, I I struggle with being a critic of pop music too much because right. uh, on the surface, it is superficial. Yeah. And it is it is shallow in its presentation and yeah. and a lot of the the themes of it, what they talk about and mm-hmm. even even the instrumentation, uh, you can probably make a case for the fact that the producers of the actual music and the instrumentation right. are, are, very, are they're calculated right. and they're going for something that's very intentional mm-hmm. but it's it's not like you're listening to a jazz record, no. you know. You, you know what exactly. I mean? It's not going to be uh, to that level of stimulating your mind yeah. as a listener. Um, and so sometimes I can I can really get off into the into the weeds of just like, oh, this stuff just sucks because yeah. it's this and that. But there's, yeah. a, I mean, I I think that the the evidence, you know, they say the proof is in the pudding. The evidence is that millions of people like this stuff, and there's got to be a reason why. Yeah so many people connect to this is it because millions of people are just as superficial as this or because there's something in here that resonates with them is it a mixture of both yeah probably but finding value there amid the art is is really good you know i um i love beyonce i'll i'm not gonna lie about that like i love guilty pleasure or just um, out of no no i love beyonce as a as an artist there you go um uh um she's crazy i mean she's crazy um which is a reference to beyonce uh, her her latest uh, album Lemonade um, to me was um, a literary a bit of a literary masterpiece um, because she played with reality and she played with uh, the the idea of of stardom and celebrity life um, because the album was all about you know an uh, an alleged affair that her husband had had and then the album is just saying I can't believe you did this I'm going to tell the entire world about it Mm. she calls the album Lemonade which I believe is a reference to the phrase when life's give you lemons Mm. you make lemonade and so the album is like you know a bunch of tracks saying I can't believe you did this watch out you know I'm going to leave you you know don't don't mess around with me and then the last song is everything is going to be okay Mm. and so what Beyonce has done is she has used the quote-unquote lemons of a very bad situation that she's gone through with with her husband's alleged unfaithfulness, and what has she done? She's made lemonade in the form of music. Yeah. And that music has been a balm to a lot of people who have gone through tough stuff, Mm. affairs. And so, to me, that act on Beyonce's part made her the true artist because she took true life and she turned it in... To art, not being guilty about the yeah. fact that her family was going through a tough time, but rather saying, artistically, how can I talk about this? Um, and I think that's the kind of art that people deserve. Now, I think a lot of the best songwriters out there are people that have had many difficult trials in their life because yeah. they do just that. 
They yeah. take those trials and they right. they they capitalize on it and say, well, I it's it sucks that this happened to me, but it's yeah. an opportunity to mm-hmm. process right process it through. But this how art. many people yeah. want like when something sucky happens mm-hmm. to you? Do you immediately go to the studio and be like? You know, I'm going to write a song about... This. Maybe you do. I don't know. Like, I, no. like, eat a lot of Cheetos. Like, yeah. When right. bad stuff happens some long to me, job. like, yeah. I eat a lot yeah. of food. Where's the ice cream? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, the Civil Wars, you know, was a band who recently... They went through a lot of dumb stuff. I think I was... They had their own Civil War. Yeah, they yeah. had their own Civil... And which was... Uh, I can't, you know, say enough about how crazy this whole artistic thing was, but, you know... It was this guy and this girl, and they were each married to somebody else, and they were writing love songs to each other. And I was like, that's going to be a problem eventually. (laughs) It was. It was a very real problem for them. They had a big fallout, and they recorded an entire album about it without talking to each other. Um, And so they turned a very bad situation into a remarkable album that is not a pretty... It's not a pleasant album, but it's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. mind-numbingly beautiful, and it's created out of, um, you know, it's created out of a civil war that they had. And I thought, wow, that's if that's not you know providence, I don't know what is. Is that they end on the very thing that they started on? You know, their mm-hmm. name is the Civil Wars, and they named their final album the Civil Wars because it mm-hmm. was, mm-hmm. and then they disappeared. Um, so. Obviously, you can see I'm a geek for like real life yeah. art, art stuff like that when it crosses into reality and, and begins to affect people's lives. And that's how I and that's how I think about art is we need to be it needs to be as honest uh, as it can be. And it needs to interact with the real world as much as possible. We try to manufacture that very often. Um, but I think it only it only happens best when it happens organically and who knows how it will happen you just you have to think, hope that it will what do you think is the best way to as an artist if you're out there and you're creating you're you're writing mm-hmm. poetry you're writing stories you're writing songs how do you allow for things to come out of you in, in the most authentic way possible where you're not just manufacturing things like you're trying hard to be so authentic and real because mm-hmm. Everyone's saying these days that that's the best way to do it. You got to make it more real, and yeah, yeah. Don't be afraid to toss a cuss word in there or something because right. that's how you are in real life or something like that. Yeah. You know, um, never. Well, I think the first thing is never stop being present because anything can happen at any time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have it with me, so I'm going to say this hypocritically, but it's in the car. Um, I ha- I carry a recorder on me all the time, uh, as much as as much as I can as when much I think as about it, because I never know when something is going to happen. Um, I try to carry a, a pen and paper around me with, as often as possible because I never know what's going to happen. So always, always be like doing your your art, and I think you know for mm. me as a writer, that's a huge struggle because you got to get up in the morning. When you know the day is fresh and there's nothing you know worrying you or weighing on you about the day, and you got to write. The slate gonna, is clean. Yeah, you're going to write a lot of dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were present. You were there, and maybe one day you'll wake up on the day when you put the beginning to a great novel down, and it, that only happened because you were there on that day. It's almost like there's a there's a poet that I like. I can't remember her name, but she said that writing poetry for her was like. What would happen is she would go out in the field and she would see a poetry coming over the horizon and she would catch it if she could. Mm. But if she didn't, she knew that it would keep going and somebody else would catch it. She just missed the opportunity. Have you read The War um, of Art? 
Stephen Pressfield? <laughs> uh, no, I have not. I be, it's been recommended. That's why I laugh yeah. because it's been recommended so many times. Yeah. And I should have read it I by have, now. But I have not, not finished yeah. the book, so I'll, full disclosure, yeah. I, I, I read about half of it, and uh, and then I think I let someone else borrow it. Because I, I need to go back and finish it. But mm-hmm. I think Pressfield kind of gets at sort of the same thing, um, slightly different approach. But you're saying she says, go out there and, and try to catch it. And he uses this like sort of uh, metaphor of like, going out as a hunter and trying to catch that hair and it's like it might be elusive but your job is to go out there and try to get it every time like exactly and so and and to catch it you gotta hunt Mm -hmm. like you gotta always be hunting always be closing exactly almost reminds me of you know kind of that that metaphor of, of catching it before it's gone. I right. kind of see that yeah. as almost writing it down before yeah. it. Yeah, before it's because it will go. Mind. I mean, yes. and yeah. you know, I, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert is another person who I, I love as far as speaking about artists. She has a podcast called uh, Big Magic, mm-hmm. and she's the author of uh, Eat, Pray, Love. Um, oh, okay, yeah. Which I will speak. I saw more her of. film. Yeah, she. Yeah. yeah, she's a great writer, and she mm-hmm. also s- t- thinks about art as opportunity, not so much as cre- creation. Of course, mm-hmm. it is creation, mm-hmm. but it's like. It's almost like art is a bunch of Pokemons and you just got to catch them all, you know, <laughs> line them up. Right. right exactly. But, you know, yeah. you got to go, you know, you got to go look. It, it's almost like art and creativity is out is like out there and you have mm. to go find it and pick it up and, and and be with it and and embrace it rather than just sit around and hope that exactly. it will come to you because, exactly. you know. It won't come to you. That's not how if, it works. If you stay in one area, yeah. unless you uh, in, unless you put some incense out, a Pokemon is not going to come to you. Quite frankly, <laughs> I love this Pokemon art metaphor that I just created, <laughs> and I'm going to use it forever. I don't play it, by the way. Yeah, Nor do I. I. I used to as a kid. I used to as a kid, but then uh, right. and then I got older. Yeah, right. And then I got older. <laughs> I had and now I want to play it, card. but I don't. <laughs> I lost it. That's, that's the only experience I ever had with Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I think another thing to create art is you got to embrace the realest things that happen to you. And as much as you may want to fantasize about your world, um, try not to. Like, try to embrace the super grittiness, gritty so stuff about your life. Don't over romanticize things. Is yeah. that kind like, of what tell, you're tell the tr- like, tell the truth. Like, tell like talk about like how you suck hmm. um because nobody cares about how you did well because that's not a good story yeah. you know mm-hmm. um you know i teach when i teach uh english i talk about conflict and i try to get my kids to understand that conflict is the most important part of story because without conflict you don't have a story right mm-hmm. we love conflict um because conflict that's how is, the resolution comes yeah, in the end conflict is yeah. is what makes us into to what we are like conflicts is what changes us you know mm-hmm. um yeah. as, as human beings so um whenever something quote unquote bad to use a simple word happens to you um like that's art like right there kind of like waiting mm-hmm. to manifest itself in your it's, your life it's nasty yeah. at that point i've been yeah. working on a story to give an example of this um i've been working on an audio documentary of my grandmother who passed away last year um and the genesis of, of this story that I wanted to, to do about her came when my, my grandfather actually committed suicide uh, three years before she passed away. She passed wow. away of Alzheimer's. Um, devastating to my family in a way. Yeah, those when are two they, terrible endings. Yeah, when they, when they died, I started to find a lot more about that side of the family. 
than I had ever known before. And there was some bad stuff there. Um, it was very interesting stuff. Um, and so what I did was, um, I, actually, the reason I started um, recording stories is because I wanted to uh, get my grandmother on tape before she passed away. And so my sister and I kind of embarked on this project where she did photography and I did recording. And, and we, we recorded her in that stage of Alzheimer's at the end of her life, which is, you know, fascinating. And so right now I'm kind of working on this story and trying to figure out a way to tell the story of kind of like of, of the end of a family of a really bad end to my, my mom's parents. Um, but how like my grandmother brought so much grace and goodness into our life and that she made people so happy and lived such a beautiful last five years of her life when she didn't even know what was happening. Mm -hmm. Um, and to me that was just like, Oh, that's crazy. You know? Um, like I didn't know this woman before she came to my parents' house to live. Um, and I found myself just kind of shocked and a little bit surprised that when she passed away, I was there weeping at her bedside. And, I, and I, you know, in that moment, I was like, I didn't even like care that she existed five years ago. But here I am saying like, she was an incredibly important person to me. And she became so when she didn't have her wits about her anymore. Yeah. Um, so that to me was like, I forced myself to do that too, because I didn't want to like Alzheimer's is super messy and like, Oh sure. Yeah. It was, yeah. there was a lot of conflict there. So I didn't want to go and do that, but I, I forced myself so to saying, do that. Lean into the, so, so those, the temptation might be if this, to look at something that's messy yeah. and say, that's, Run that's away. off limits. Yeah. That's too messy. And you're saying the opposite. You're saying lean into it, yeah. lean, lean into yeah. it because that's where the, that's where the art is actually. Yeah. Art is story. I think at, at its core, I think good art tells good stories. And so you have to, you have to really run after those moments. And again, the story is probably, this is a, this, that's the thing, you know, I said, you know, be hunting or be there. But um, when you're, you are a hundred percent more likely to find good art in the midst of, um, in the midst of bad situations. I agree. Um, yeah. And, if you and if you want good art, then pursue the bad situations. Like uncover them. Like dig into your past. Pull skeletons out of the closet. You know, Eminem does it. Why can't you? <laughs> you know, that's. I mean, seriously, that's all yeah. he does. Is he just whines about bad stuff that's happened to him? But he does so in a. It's surprising way. how people relate yeah. to that too. Well, because it's like that's a lot of people are almost like attracted yeah. to sad songs right. or you know. Hey, the difference between me and Eminem is that he's honest and I'm not. You know, mm. that's the only difference is that he's angry and he's um, honest and he, he's not trying to cover anything up. And that's what makes him an artist. And we're all attracted to that because in some sense, like we're all angry and mm. like we're all upset when we all have skeletons in the closet and we're all frustrated. Um, and Eminem's the only one out there saying that. <laughs> and I'm just using him as a metaphor. I think yeah. artists are the people who go, go out there and they're like, hey, like this is what I went through. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to share that with everybody. I'm going to be super vulnerable. And people are going to, you know, say really bad things about me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that's just, you know, what I do, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, don't read the comments. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, do, do, but do read the comments. So, like, at the same time, like, let people bash you and, like, 
learn how to like emotionally manage that and learn when people are wrong and when people are right. And um, I'll tell you, um, one of one of my favorite forms of media nowadays is the vlog. Um, mm. This trend of people deciding that they're going to carry a camera with them everywhere and film their lives on a daily basis. Yeah. Better than any TV show that's out there. Just document the mundane mm-hmm. yeah. stuff. Yeah. Benny, better than any TV show that's out there because what, like, like what is, we can go and watch made up stories all the time, but what are people actually going through? Um, yeah. And, and right now YouTube is kind of a muck with all kinds of drama and people falling in and out of love and people lying about each other. And some of it is commercialized, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Um, I still think it's one of the most amazing forms of, forms of storytelling out there because of how raw it has to be. And people edit the bad stuff out of their life, sure. But so many people want to live like these extraordinary, interesting lives. And, um, you know, vlogging is a thing that's very interesting and it's allowing, you know, a lot of people to escape and live somebody else's life out there right now which is very interesting Mm -hmm. uh probably the best i would say the best vlogger out there and one of the best artists in the world right now is is casey neistat um who makes a video of his life every single day he's a crazy guy he's out of his mind Uh, a fantastic artist never graduated from high school got his 16 year old uh, girlfriend pregnant uh broke up with her raised his son alone moved to new york and you know was living in somebody else's uh, you know, th- three by three apartment, um, and is now probably one of the most famous YouTubers and, um, has a lot of great advice to talk about how he went from nothing to working really hard and becoming something. Um, but also just like embracing, uh, an artistic life. You know, he talked about this, this kind of three-step artistic life, which I love so much. Let's see if I can remember The first step is that um, you you try you're trying to become an artist. So you're at this stage where you're like, I want to do that, and I'm moving towards it. And I'm creating art that's like bad or that's mediocre, and I'm and I'm but I'm moving towards it. Okay. The second point is where you're an artist, and you've reached that point where you can share your stuff with people. People are being inspired by it. Uh, people love it. They're consuming it. Um, you know, you've become a cons- you've become a creator, and now people are consuming your creation. Okay. And so I was like, well, that's the, that's it, right? Mm-hmm. He says that there's a third level, which I thought was so interesting. He says that the third level is to create a tool by which people can create art, thereby making the process of art cyclical. There you um, go, yeah. And, um, Reproducing it. Right. Yeah. Or, but like, imagine at some point in your life making a tool that somebody would use to make art. Like, imagine being the, per- the person who created Snapchat. You know, I, that we may not consider that art, but um, in some ways, I, th- I think it is because it's again, it's the daily you know lives of people, and they're creating stuff. They're creating what does Snapchat call it? Stories on a day to day basis, mm-hmm. and because you created Snapchat, you created a medium for people to do that. Um, imagine you know, 
imagine creating a piece of software that people could mix music on, you know, imagine, you know, which being, somebody did at some yeah, point. Right. Yeah. And I'm benefiting from right, that right now. now. You're benefiting. I mean, you know, imagine being the person who, you know, created the program on visual reality where you can, you know, design a car with, you know, yeah, with a remote control. I mean, imagine being the, the artist who actually created something for other artists to create with and he says that's the apex that's the level that you want to get to as an artist or you should aspire to mm-hmm. although josiah tipton and i were talking about this the other day and and we kind of came to the conclusion that that second level where you're creating art um, if you create good art you're inspiring other people to go out and do the same so it's kind of like the same thing as the third level because people are like oh I'm, like this is amazing like i want to do something like it like the reason i'm podcasting yeah. now is because serial yeah. You know? Um so there's there's I mean it sounds like there's a difference though because when you reach that third level it's more than just you've inspired it's you've inspired and equipped. Yeah, you've given people like a toolbox to work with like yeah. which is Versus such on a, a second level I don't think you do. No, right? you've yeah. created inspiration but yeah. not a toolbox, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like you've given people like, "Well, I want to do what Nick does. Like I want to be as awesome as him." Um uh, but on the third level like you've given them a set of resources to work with. Yeah. Um Here's yeah. how you do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's one That's one way to look yeah. at that. That's one perspective. I've heard a lot of different um, artists, you know, are, uh, The War of Art is uh, a really great book. Austin Kleon also has a book called Steal Like an Artist. I've heard, I've a, heard of that one. I need to read that one. Yeah, which is a fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we need to, like, read go through the war of art and steal like an artist and then come back and talk about yeah, it. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> right. I'm going to read I, that. Yeah, I actually haven't read I've read some books. Uh, Twyla Tharp is uh, a lady who I recently read. She's a ballerina and a choreographer and has written a great book about creativity uh, that just really boils down the process. It has all these exercises that you can do uh, as well. Um, Ken Robinson has a fantastic TED Talk where he talks about the fact that education is kind of messed up because we need to be educating artistically rather than industrially. Mm-hmm. He said education was was based around, we're still working with an educational model that is based around trying to produce... Um, factory workers. Factory workers, yeah. precisely. Yeah. Um, and we need yeah. to... I like that because kids have a natural curiosity that drives right. them to be innovative. Right. What was your favorite yeah. class in high school? Well... It was probably the one where I could have the most freedom to mm-hmm. to create, unless you were a math nerd, in which case, you know, get thee from us. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but, but those types of sciences yeah. create innovations and new things it's, too. So. It's so true. I think, yeah. I think scientists and, and mathematicians well. are artists in, in and yes. of themselves. They speak, in their own unique way. It's yeah. very unique how they, they speak do it. languages. I, I had a roommate yeah. who just is a phd in math now he's my age goodness he must love math to uh, that yeah far with like he, he's one of those people who a school was like we will pay you to go to school those people <laughs> those <laughs> are the know, best those people but he lo- like oh, he great artist a musician and a writer and a thinker and a poet and a great reader and he really saw math as 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 a way to express that um and you know even people who program they're language learners and yeah. language is one of the best ways that we express yeah. music has a lot of math yeah. in it anyway so. so again i got i gotta not discredit any sort of way to produce art but i would encourage people who would say there's no art yeah. in you know this specific area to be like no you know what yeah. is art you know i think uh this might be a little off topic but i think like for kids like 
recess time is important for them because that is a time that allows them to be adventurous and yeah. explore mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of um and i think a lot of uh either recess time has been shortened in a lot of schools nowadays yeah. or like playgrounds are built in such a way now where they're they're like sanitized. Yeah. Like I went to the new Valparaiso the other day, oh, my and it's just been right. I, Doesn't it feel like it was? It was the first time that been I ripped out carpeting. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it really, like, is there carpeting over no, there? Not it's like quite, it's close. like this new rubberized floor material uh-huh. that basically makes it so when a kid falls on it, he's not going to like yeah, break yeah. his arm or uh-huh. something. Right. You know. And this was the first time that I like went there since it was in the construction phase. I never had stopped and gone in there, and like, yeah, my heart just sang. I was like. This is not this is even close playground? to yeah exactly. I was like, where? How is this even a playground? This is like a a, a regimented, mm-hmm. controlled lab or something. You right. know, it's like that's what this is. You know, it's like how are kids gonna? Here's like, where you can learn how to play. <laughs> yeah, how are kids gonna learn like t- risk taking and right. like yeah. climbing up stuff that could result in something yeah. bad happening? Like, right. I yeah. think I think like getting that into your psyche affects how you yeah do creative things later on yeah in life. kids yeah. need to be introduced to the, to to um to to danger and to conflict mm-hmm. which is recess is a great you know we don't write we don't nobody makes movies about what happens in english class you know mm-hmm. they make movies about what happens in the lunchroom yeah uh, you know and who gets beat up and yeah. you know mm-hmm. who who's you know who's making out and things like that because that's where the right. real drama yep uh and the, and the you're right in a way the art happens um if i were to speak to education i would hope that classes would turn into places where every class should be a lab you know every class should be a way where you can experiment and where you can make mistakes and um this is the difficulty with uh uh planning and education right it is especially when it's mandated from uh some sort of governing body of like here's 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 the, your curriculum standards, mm-hmm. and here's what you got to get through, yeah. and that can it it is, and you know. and of course there are all kinds of little independent schools all over the country that are trying to do something different, and yeah. a lot of them you know are doing a fantastic job. It's yeah. just, um, you know, I I've been walking around with my Mike lately, just asking people what's the best way to learn something, and everybody answers differently, but there are some pretty consistent ways that people answer, and one thing that that people very often say is like you have to do something you know Mm. do you have to do something to get better at it and that's a lot of the times classes are not like that they're more like receive 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 you know i'm just giving you all this information put Mm -hmm. it in your head and nobody's doing anything you Mm -hmm. know um how many times can you say you worked with your hands at english class or in math Mm -hmm. class well Mm -hmm. not very often but you should be I'd love um, to see uh figure out a way to do that. I'd love to see an is. educational model where a kid can grow up in an environment where they're basically put through a long series of mini internships yeah. in, in in many right. different areas of life yeah. and where they're uh applying a lot of the fundamentals of what they would be learning in a classroom like yeah. and and so like their problem solving is could later on when they grow up their problem solving skills would be superb you know, yeah because they it's, practice it's so much and I, I think that'd be really neat to see yeah. something like that we teachers kind of gripe about this all the time and that's probably not the best thing to do i think we're you know you look for reform but it's 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 tough because you know teenagers you remember what being a teenager was like right. and you know it's it's formative and you know you're you know, confused. Yeah. And what am I supposed to do next? And yeah, how am I and it can be to... tough to get through a teenager because yeah. of their 
their disinterest and you said their confusion and sometimes their apathy. I was that way. Yeah. Well, for me as a teacher, that's why it's good for, you know, I try to be as realistic as I possibly can and say like, you know, you know, and I know, and we're both aware that you're, you're stuck inside a model that's been created for you to, you know, put information inside of your head so you can be successful in a system. And just so you know, like, you know, I am a teacher, but I'm also, you know, a little bit of a, a hippie and that's not the way you know we approach things you do have to experience i will do my best to try to give you experiences that will teach you but um you know it is a, a bit of a system you know and i have that conversation with the kids all the time a girl brought to me a, a journal entry that i have posted up on my wall where she's like what what's going on with teachers and classrooms and stuff like i need to be out in the woods <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> like i right. need to be out like you know adventuring to learn something like what's with this and i was like this is good i believe in this you know i'm not saying i you know hate uh my career because i i don't but i do think it needs to be reformed immensely and it can be hard to figure out ways to do that um uh but you know that's why they make movies like dead poet society yeah you know dead poet society is all about a guy who's like experience you know you know, drink life to the lees. Um, you know, do as as much as as you can and become as much as you can through that. It's really a transformative process, but it's hard to nail down how precisely to get that in education when you're right. Yeah. You do have a prescribed system. Yeah, I would always beg uh, my teachers to let us have class outside. Right, yeah. and they yeah. did a lot of the time. Sometimes they, they caved. Which is, yeah, which is good. Yeah, which is which is good. Yeah. You know? yeah. I want. I, I sometimes. I feel like just saying, yeah, you can go outside is a little bit of a give up moment for, for me. So I've been trying to work out, you know, mm-hmm. specific small ways that I can make my classroom a place that, mm-hmm. you know, where people can experiment and experience and and get outside this school. Like, you know, today we're not going to be here. We're going to be at a you know, bookshop or we're going to mm, yeah. be in the field or well, know, somebody's going to come in from the outside. Because when you go to school, it's like, this is where I learned. Like and mm-hmm. then the rest of the world is like this is where I live when those two things shouldn't be separated. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but Good that's the, I mean, think about like language learning, for example. Yeah. And that, you know, you can be in a classroom setting where someone can teach you. This is how yeah. this word means this. This is how you pronounce it. You these are the vowel sounds. Thing. These are the mechanics. And now imagine in, that in contrast to, okay, we're gonna drop you in the middle of yep. uh, Mexico. And uh, you Good have luck. to you have to fumble your way around mm-hmm. to, to 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 manage and let's see how you learn language there. That's you how know? you will truly learn. Yes, everything else, and th- and that will be cemented in your brain after those experiences. You know, yeah, and, yeah. yeah, That's a, a fantastic example of that. You know, too many people will go around saying like, "I took you know five you know, I took five years of French, right? I didn't learn a thing. I and so I mean, me like I, honestly like I'm I'm fluent in Spanish, and it's mm-hmm. because. I grew up in a household where my mother's from Peru and right. my grandfather, also from Peru, lived with us yeah, during right. his life. You're in the yeah. environment. Where yeah. And so we spoke it at home. And, yeah. and the funny thing is, like, my professional, quote unquote, professional Spanish and my reading and writing of Spanish. Uh, well, I can I can read it decently well, but my writing uh, could use some improvement. Right, sure. uh, I don't always know where to, like, accent things and stuff like that. Yeah. But, like, on a conversational <laughs> level where it really matters communication because communication is is that's what language is about it's about communication it's not about how you know you have technical prowess and how you can uh 
formulate vocabulary and phrasing. Speak a language you don't have to know how to decline and conjugate. Yeah. Right. It's just like, can you communicate? Right. Yeah. You know, and and I think I do have that, and and to me, that's why I'm thankful that I have that. Yeah. You know, it's the only way to do it. You got to be submersed. You got to be immersed in in something in order to to really embrace it. And yeah, you're right about that. You know, I could let I could would never feel comfortable learning a language unless I were just forced into a situation where I had to. Yeah. You know. It seems like that's when it's most real. Because mm-hmm. it's like, it's it's high stakes. Yeah. Jumping yeah. in at first. Right? Yeah. Risky. Remember yeah. Daniel Ronjack ended up going to Argentina. Yeah, he and did. Yeah. He was forced into that situation. He said it was unpleasant at times, the language barrier was. Um, I'm sure that's you know a euphemism i'm sure it was unpleasant more yeah. than sometimes <laughs> oh yeah no he just he said he was you know, pulling his hair out sometimes and uh yeah. but he but in on the other end of it he, i mean that's the scary thing is you know he, he did have to go through that you know kind of very frustrating time but he came out of the other end being a very decent spanish speaker able to communicate get around and all the better for it so he says he was go back to argentina in a heart in a heartbeat so can't Good be that bad him, yeah yeah how long good. was he there? Uh, like a, while, a wasn't it? yeah, like a full academic year. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Isn't that crazy? It's definitely enough time to learn a language. <laughs> yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. yeah, unless you are just a hermit. No, and he wasn't. He <laughs> yeah. said he had some friends who totally were though, and he's like, it was it was a language learning you know year, and some friends yeah. who were just like wouldn't go out. Let's go hang out with people so right. I can learn this language. Yeah. Huh? But Daniel was all over. He went like you know he went everywhere. Uh, that's cool at least so you can talk to some argentinian chicks right <laughs> yeah precisely i keep i i was i uh, i think i had mentioned like ho- hoping that he would come home with like an argentinian girl but uh but wouldn't that be something that'd be funny yeah yeah but he's he's got his eyes on somebody else so oh well wasn't an argentinian huh? no oh. she's very white oh okay yeah <laughs> if she hears this she will laugh you know who you are <laughs> Hey, learn Spanish, and then you can be sort of Argentinian. She's learning you'll a little bit of Spanish. Something. I think she's learning. I think she's learning a little bit of Spanish. Yeah. Then you'll share something with the Argentinians. Right. <laughs> there you go. Oh, wow, man, that's great. Yeah, I think we covered a lot. Anything else you want to add, or any additional plugs, or? Uh, um, so you do the byline podcast. Yeah. North- What's the full name of that one again? Uh, yeah, so it's, uh, you can find it on SoundCloud or, or iTunes or on the newspaper website. Um, Which is and, yeah, we're NWI on, Times. Yeah, so NWI, it's actually just NWI.com slash podcasts. Oh, and ours yeah. is the only podcast, so it'll bring Boom. you right to that page. Or if you go on SoundCloud it's or iTunes, it's NWI Byline. Uh, you you'll find it there. And then we're on uh, Twitter as well, and we got uh, we got a Facebook page. So NWI bylines byline, you can check us out there. We uh, we do an article a week, and then we try to post a lot of supplemental material so that people can read up on the case mm-hmm. that we're uh, working with. So we try to keep our social media pretty active um, and just kind of people invite people into the into the story. Um, I have a site as well that I do my own personal creative audio stuff on called uh, andrewjones.audio. Uh, so Andrew Jones one word okay. dot audio. Um, and that's where you find uh, my audio stuff, and I try to sneak in my uh, my photography mm-hmm. as well. Because uh, oh, I, I didn't do... know you were a photographer. Yeah, I do. Um, I do film photography, just like I have oh, an old okay. uh, uh, I have an old AE program, um, <laughs> and uh, I uh, 
spend a lot of money on developing bad bad pictures <laughs> i send it off to california it's like 11 bucks a roll oh man uh, and then so the shipping and all that yeah 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 uh so it's it's a little bit of a pain but i love i love film photography like i just i mm-hmm. feel like it's like you can't go wrong i go wrong pretty often but uh but i just love it um and I have no idea how to do it either. But my sister gave me some lenses, and I bought a camera off eBay. Uh, nice. I was out. I was in Texas this Christmas, and I was like, I'm going to go get some fantastic pictures out in the lake because my uh, my wife's uh, mom's place was on a lake. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out there and get some pictures. So I took my camera out there, got in a boat, super windy, uh, fell out of the boat, boat <sighs> turned over, sank to the oh, bottom of the no. lake. My camera went with it. <laughs> I'm alive oh. to tell the story. That, that was the end of that. <laughs> so dumb stuff not to do. Oh, I know how to hand just, just, just to say I know how to handle a kayak. I've yeah. kayaked from one end of Sugar Creek to the Wabash. I can manage myself in a boat. This was the one time mm, where it didn't that work. That happened. Out. Yeah. It just sunk to the bottom of the lake. Good thing you that can was swim. My, that was my mother-in-law's canoe <laughs> at the bottom of the lake. I bought her a new canoe. (laughs) Merry Christmas. I think the thing that's really neat about film is that there's some excitement in between taking the picture and then getting it developed. You go home from that shoot. I mean, I I shoot just purely digital. I'm spoiled. Yeah. Okay. But I can imagine there's like some anticipation. There is. Builds up. That's 100% true. It's like what happened. And sometimes it's like crap yeah you know like it, like everything was black but then like you get yeah. some stuff back and like oh my gosh yeah, yeah so yeah if you go to my site i have um some film some uh images up there that i did from ireland mm-hmm. uh wow. i took four rolls in ireland nothing went wrong i mean that mm. country like magically made all my That's pictures awesome. perfect nice um it's almost kind of countercultural in a way because we're in a world where everything's so yeah. instant now yeah, and you that's want why, the instant right. That's why I wanted to do film photography. Results. Actually, is because like I wanted, like I wanted that anticipation. Like mm-hmm. that was yeah. really true. But I wanted like the sense of like, oh, I have to really think about the shot that mm-hmm. I'm getting. Mm-hmm. And so when I do film, like I'll wait. Like a lot of my film photography is I'm driving and I'll just pull on the side of the road mm-hmm. and I'll park my car and I'll walk up. And everybody is always giving me an eye for doing this. But I just you know very patiently wait if I see something. And um, and try to get the best image. And I'm learning a little bit more about light and how film cameras mm. work with that because you have to have good light, mm. uh, holding your camera steady, knowing exactly what speed to put it on, stuff like that. But um, but that's kind of like my side hobby. So if you're driving around, sometime you'll see me on the side of the road, and I'll just have. <laughs> that's what it's all about. I'll be sa- right. Yeah. That is that's what, what it's all about. about. That is what it's all about. Yeah. Um, and it's I really a tall I, guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I do enjoy it, but I love like Northwest Indiana is my my home. And uh, I love other parts of the world. I've been to 25 countries. Um, but I, I really like it here, and I like to embrace, like, the the Northwest Indiana-ness of Northwest Indiana. Yeah. I think there's if a you're lot not of, from here, you, it's, it's yeah. hard to describe it. Right. So with my film, like, that's my, my photography, like, that's what I try to capture is, like, the... the little yeah. moments that make it what it is which is why mm-hmm. i'm always pulling over because mm-hmm. there's always like something weird like i love one of my favorite things that i've noticed is just like broken down machinery in the middle of a field mm-hmm. that's some of my favorite stuff to capture like who left that backhoe there in the 1960s yeah um you know so yeah, yeah. so it's 
um, I'm not a photographer at all. My sister is a professional photographer. And so I'm kind of embarrassed up against her. But we go out and shoot sometimes. Um, And, and yeah, so I dabble. There you go. I try to do as many artistic yeah. things as just like you know the jazz flute. Yeah, I dabble. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so if you could leave everybody with just uh, either, <clears throat> just if you can if you can manage this, just either one podcast or book or just work of art that you would recommend someone to check out, or a couple, maybe two okay. two maximum. We'll do two max. I know we plugged a few podcasts in the beginning. So, yeah, you got to read. You, you got to read. You cannot live a moment longer without reading all the light we cannot see. Uh, and I can't remember the guy's name. I should. But it won the Pulitzer in 2014. And for very good reasons, it became a very popular book, actually, which I was pretty impressed by because Pulitzers are usually kind of like. Like, oh, only three people know about this, but we're going to give it the biggest literary prize in the world. Um, All the Light We Cannot See, book about the end of World War II, told from Mm. the perspective of a blind French girl and a 16-year-old Nazi recruit. Um, Wow. And you have to read it. It will mess you up. Uh, it will change I'd the way that you it. see the world. Just because I also love World War II yeah. history. Uh, really into yeah, it. just... I spent 10 years researching this book. I believe it's going to come out. It it can't not come out in the film. But it's so, it's so, so, so good. Everybody should read that book. Um, all the things we cannot see. All the light all we cannot the, see. All the light, all the light we cannot, we cannot see. see. You're, you're going to walk into Barnes & Noble and probably see it clearly on some shelf. I think it's yeah. just out in paperback. Um, that. Search it in Amazon. You'll find right, it. Right, yeah. I literally... My, my brother's like, I have nothing to read. I'm like, wait here. I went to... Barnes and Noble and bought the book and brought it to him. I'm like, read this. Um, mm. So so good. Um, it doesn't um, have to be more than one if you don't. Can, no, I'll, I'll yeah. do one more. Okay, give me a max, right. max of two. I can't yep. because if you if you let me go on, I will. I'm like notorious for being like and read this and listen to this and watch yeah. this and I'll just go <laughs> if on. If the room and is on given, you'll fill it. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. already given. Uh, I, I think I've probably given like 20 plugs for bands. And and podcasts throughout no this time, so no uh, yeah. So I'll I'll say I'll actually give a repeat of of the the podcast that I uh, mentioned earlier, which is um, which is uh, um, this is actually happening. Okay, um, and I'll just explain it real quick. Is this uh, this is actually happening? Is just an interview. Okay, it's just one person speaking, and it's always got this very kind of eerie ambiance track below somebody speaking they're real interviews they're true stories about people who never say their names and never say anybody's names associated with the story that they tell as far as i can tell the story is actually produced by a guy who works in psychology or has worked in psychology because the stories are stories that the name embodies, like, this is actually happening. Like, I can't believe this is happening to me right now. Mm-hmm. They feature everything from a guy who tells a story about he how he came back to life after being shot to a guy who got caught in the middle of a storm and lost three of his, his friends in a, in a, in a boating um, ordeal mm-hmm. 
to a lady who was almost on the flight that crashed in Pennsylvania on 9-11, to another lady who went to uh, have some sort of uh, went to some sort of hippie retreat in uh, in uh, on the East Coast and was uh, shot at by a pot farmer. Uh, um, really, really visceral stories about people who have just had, to be honest, the worst experiences. Um, and broken, broken, broken people. A lot of them are. Um, and they're as honest as it gets. Um they're not people who really necessarily, I think, want to tell their stories, but they do. And the and the podcast is very good in that it doesn't try to speak over them. It just has them tell their story. Um, and it's very eerie because the guy just kind of introduces it. He's like, you know, this is actually, this is, this is actually happening. And then he just lets them tell their story and that's it. Mm. Guy who's, guy who is given birth to a guy who is a doctor who's uh, helped give help uh, 3,000 ladies give birth Mm -hmm. and another guy in the podcast right after that who has seen actually been present for 7,000 deaths Um, so stuff like that like you can't listen to this and not feel like walk away from that and like think very deeply about the world in your life Hmm. Um, wow so fantastic it's it's uh, it's quite a listen so those are my two recommendations there you go. Yeah. You heard it, folks. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for coming, Andrew. We had cool. a great Good time doing Good this conversation. interview. Yeah, it was I, lo- all, it was I love great. this love this idea. I love what you guys are doing. You should do much more of it. Well, we Thank hope you. so. We're definitely gonna try to fit in as much as we can. So okay. we're gonna we're gonna keep going. All right. Thanks for the encouragement. No problem. Thank all right. you. All right. Keep we'll have you back some brother. other time if we can. All right, sounds good. Peace out. All right. Hey you. Yeah, you. Who's listening to this show right now? I bet there's a good chance you aren't following us on social media. Let's fix that. Look up Every Last Drop Podcast on Facebook and like our page. Find us on Twitter, at ELD Podcast. And find us on Instagram under the same name, at ELD Podcast. So won't you do me a kindness and follow us? Do it now! All right, Andrew Jones, everyone. What a great interview. That was fun. I enjoyed what he had to say. Yeah, that was was really interesting. We went a little bit longer than, well, what am I say? I was going to say than plan, but I mean, come on, mm-hmm. we don't necessarily. Some guests we try to plan it because we're trying to be sort of respectful of their time. But when you're bringing someone in who's just a friend and you're just hanging out, you're not really thinking about the time as much. You're just kind of going with the conversation until it feels like it sort of ran its course. You know what I mean? Time kind of flew for me, I guess. It did. Were. It really did. I I mean, by the time it was all said and over, all said and over with. All said and done. All said and done. Yeah. Done deal. It uh it went over an hour, but it's it's well worth it. There's a there's a lot of good stuff in there. Seriously. Um a lot of good podcast recommendations, book recommendations, mm-hmm. all kinds of really cool stuff and I I thought it was cool that we we got into some some good art and good philosophy. We really we, did. We talked about things like education and the the model of education system that's out there. And yeah, and those all uh, all of those are are very well connected today. Yeah, for you sure. Know, so it's important that for sure all of them. Uh, so we uh, we hope to someday bring them back, and you know we'll we'll talk to, to good old Andrew again. Mm-hmm. But uh, definitely honored to have him as one of our 
early guests in the show. Yeah. But uh general. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna introduce a new segment to you guys. Since uh Luke is a part time host now, I uh you know that Obamacare is it's a little expensive. I had to cut him back to to part time. If <laughs> I keep him full time I gotta pay pay those fees. Mm. Uh, I'm I'm only kidding, but uh I uh he's like like we've said before, uh he's a pretty busy guy, so we don't get to have him around all the time, and when we don't get to have him around, that means we can't do poetry hour because he's the poet. No, mm. I've written a poem or two in my day, but nothing like him. So we're gonna bring this new segment to you. It's uh, it's gonna be about our picks, okay? And now our pick, we're gonna define our pick by a p- any particular piece of art that that we're really digging this yeah that week. we're really digging yeah. this week or at the time of our recording like something that we're mm-hmm. really into so that's yeah. a pretty broad umbrella so that can be like a, an album from a musician or a band that you've really been liking a book that you've read that's really good uh, maybe an article that you read in a magazine maybe or a newspaper a, a sweet painting that you saw in some art yeah. gallery just something yeah or maybe simple, like you, know? you came across a really cool picture online or something and you're like oh who took that that's really Mm. great so it it's it could be anything it's a really broad category so yeah um that being said we're gonna go to our picks what you got danny all right so my very first pick in this inaugural segment is going to be actually one of the books that Andrew recommended, which was Steal Like an Artist by mm. Austin Kleon. Yeah. Um, it is an easy read. Um, it's it's a small book. It's not very long. It's just over 100 pages or so. Mm-hmm. Um, the font is big. There's illustrations. There's pictures. Um, it's, I'll say this, it's a, it's a simple book. Uh, it's It's like very... Down to earth in a way, yeah. um, in the same way that uh, you know, you know how like when you think of like say German cuisine, you don't think of like very fancy food, right? You just mm. think of like Polish basic sausage, kind of staple. Sauerkraut. <laughs> yeah, like you think Which of is just, great. You know, yeah, you think of just like good hearty food, but it's simple. Mm-hmm. Um, this book is kind of like that, you know, like the the ideas that are presented in it yeah. uh, and the principles that he lays out are pretty good. I honestly couldn't. He has like 10 keys uh, or 10 things. He says 10 things that nobody told you about what (laughs) it means to be creative. And honestly, I couldn't rattle off those 10 off the top of my head. Without um, without spoiling the book for anybody who may be interested in reading it, would would you say that it's it's, it's the sort of read where, you know, you, you get through it and you're like, it was, it was the, the, the tips and the keys that he, that he wrote, they were just sitting there and I didn't see them. Or is it something, does he dive deep into into the you know the the construction of writing or is is it something that seems obvious and it's not um it's not like a how-to book mm-hmm. um it doesn't get into like nuts and bolts or mechanics of so it's pretty how, to, how to construct it's uh it's a book about ideas it's okay. not about like this is how you write and then he starts like giving you grammar techniques or mm-hmm. um like he it, it's a book about it's a philosophy book, basically. Yeah, That's yeah. why I bring it up, um, because he's telling you things like, uh, for instance, he says, and in, one of the things he says in there is like, "Hey, you know, don't be limited by a geography." Or like, "How do you get known?" He's he's like, 
you do good work and then you share it with people. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh, that seems so plain and so obvious. And he's like, now, can I tell you like a killer strategy on how to get your work out there to a a large audience and to get famous? No, honestly, I don't know. Like, Hmm. like you just have to work hard to make something that's good and then share it. So it's kind of, this is what you need to do, but everybody kind of has their own path of how to get there. Sort of. Uh, it's gonna differ for, in from a way, person. in a way, um, hmm. yeah, um, I do have a lot of notes in the book and I just don't have a lot of the, I, I a lot of the stuff in there. I just can't recall. I haven't like committed it to memory, mm-hmm. but I will say, I will tell you this. Um, a lot of the notes that I made in there are good notes and I'm going to bring the book back and we're going to talk about it on the show at a different time. Some of the ideas that are brought forth, but I'm just mentioning it now. Because this isn't a book review. This is just our picks. So mm-hmm. I'm just telling you what I like. There it is. Go check right? it out. So that's yourself. my pick. Steal Like an Artist by Austin Kleon. It's a good book. We're going to bring it back and talk about it on this podcast. And if we're lucky, maybe we'll get Austin Kleon himself on as a guest someday. Ah, that'd be great. Um, yeah. So, Nick, uh, what are you into this week? What's your pick? This week, I have really been into Andy Timmons, uh, his new record. Andy Timmons is a fantastic guitarist, arguably my favorite guitarist. Um, he's a writer, too. I he mean, is a writer. He doesn't well. just play the guitar. He he writes songs. He composes. He, he mm. creates. He has Brilliant a new, lead, by the way. Absolutely. you got to check him out. He has a new record that came out, I believe it was early October. Is it, am I correct? Uh, I think so. Maybe thirtieth of September. So mm-hmm. it's very recent. You know, we're we're recording this now, kind of mid October. So yeah. it's only been out, you know, not even two weeks. Yeah, the name of the new record is "A Theme from a Perfect World," and it's just fantastic. It's mm-hmm. uh, especially the title track is it's just it goes along perfectly with this time of year. It has kind of a fall feel to it. It's getting colder. Transition. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just kind of seasons a, changing. It's yeah. just kind of a slower beginning. But every song, and you mentioned this to me, uh, you mentioned this to me a couple of days ago. Every song, uh, the structure of it is kind of a, it's a journey. It doesn't mm-hmm. really go back to the chorus, fluctuating, mm-hmm. you know, from here to here, back to here, right. back to here. It, the whole thing is a progression. Mm-hmm. So by the time you get to the end of the song, it's like, am I listening to the? To the song that I put on two minutes ago? Is this the, yeah. really the is same this the song? next track or yeah, is this, this still is, the same song? Yeah, yeah. So it's the whole thing is it's constantly moving and it just it'll really you just gotta listen to it. It's it's unlike any of his his albums that he's written yeah, before it's in my different. opinion. I'm with you. I, I've I've listened to the album all the way through myself. Mm-hmm. I I enjoy it. Um I look forward to getting even more familiar with it. I'm gonna have some more plays. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, it's it's it's. I, I like that you bring that one up, especially the timing is extremely relevant because mm-hmm. we're going to be seeing him very soon. Yes, we are. So Saturday, we should be hearing plenty yeah. of tunes from that new record. Yeah, so cool. I'm stoked about that. Yeah, it's my pick. Nice Andy Timmons. Nice. A perfect world. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right, there you have it. That was Andrew Jones. Everybody, we're going to be posting the links. In the show notes, as well as uh, on our website, yeah. um, we'll also be posting links to our picks. So every time we mention a pick, we'll make sure to put a link out there in the show notes and on our website so that you can go discover for yourself 
what we brought up when we mentioned because mm-hmm. um, you know we we want you to take the ideas that we're talking about and the 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 works that are mentioned and go check them out for yourself you know yeah go to the sources and interact with this they're gonna stuff have because, a different meaning uh yeah you'll have you than for us mm-hmm. so, I mean, you'll have a different takeaway than yeah, us yeah. yeah so you know because all this is pretty much a conversation so check it out all right guys thanks for tuning in we'll talk to you next time all right all right see all you right. guys next time Thank you.